Welcome to When Will It End. I'm Josh. I'm Join Charles. I'm Charles. I'm Sorry, Josh. Wait. Okay, okay. And uh, uh, hi, When Will It End time, the death cure. <laughs> Uh, number three. Hi, uh, it's when will it end? I'm Josh. I'm Charles. And if one of us had blood death cure, it's probably you because you're vegan now. If I had the cure or the If one problem. of us has death cure in our blood, like okay. Tom and Tom, Tom. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm better than everyone now. You're better than everyone now. You're vegan. It's the, How your does blood, it feel? When, you're, when you bleed, and this is true, it, it, it shines like a rainbow. Mm-hmm. Well, the blood more, like says, a, more like the red part of the rainbow. There's no cruelty in me. Whistles yeah. your blood. You know how that feels. How does it feel I to, to. left that life? Uh, you know, like, uh, remember Prince Charming in Shrek the Third? Mm-hmm. He's just uh, like a washout in the alleyways yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh, Wonderland or whatever, looking up at the castle. It's bleak. That's what I feel like. Right now? Yeah. Why? Because the Maze Runner series is over? Well, one, I quit veganism, and two, the Maze Runner series is over, and wow, we have so much to talk about. We made it yeah. to the end of another series. By it's the, always so surprising. By the skin of our teeth, yeah. Watching this, I was like, is this really the last one? <laughs> we I really know. did it. We did it. We always do it. I guess that's the thing about watching movies. It's pretty easy to do. Right, but at the same time, you still find things to complain about. That's the funny Me thing. or everyone? Everyone. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We're like, I could have been more comfortable. This movie could be better. Yeah. It's like you're sitting and watching something. What I've come to appreciate is like, I used to be just like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, where like you'd sit down with your friends, like The Matrix, and watch like multiple movies in a row. They're kind of our modern mythos. Sure. But I really like one thing about this podcast. What at? Is that now I'm doing it with Shrek, <laughs> Austin Powers, The Maze Runner the Maze trilogy. Runners. And it's like, this is actually a really fun way to engage with. A story. Well, I think like if we're if there's any message to this asinine podcast is that if you really take this stuff seriously and engage with it, there are sometimes great rewards for taking these seemingly silly or lightweight things very mm. seriously. And I have to say, I want to go ahead and, and just right off the bat say this was the best series we've watched so far. Oh, absolutely. And we just experienced uh, Maze Runner at the Death Cure. And of course, this is a, a podcast where we watch whole movie series. We find out what works about them, what doesn't work. Can you sustain a world that you've created? Does it get better? Does it get worse? And I think this is the first time we can say unambiguously, this series works. Yeah. And I'm actually, I, I wasn't asking when will it end, but I'm not asking for, for more. Like it didn't. It's like this is the end. We're going to talk about the whole movie, but just to sort of give my pre-thoughts, my thoughts, but in a pre-way. Pre-thoughts are like pre-com. It's yeah. not exactly the same thing, but it still uh, could impregnate somebody. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I do want to be careful. This might set your mind aflow in. They should probably call it also come. Honestly, if yeah. You think this about is it, it's still, essentially still a, a song you need to worry about. Also come. Right. Okay, I think pre comes better. I think it's it still a better, says come. No. It's a better phrase. Wait, but is there I another think, pre? Like, what's think, another pre? Give me a pre. Well, pre... I mean, uh, anti-cum? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, does, like the, does the prefix... No, like, anti-chamber. A-N-T-E. Right, before. Anti-cum. So, anti-chamber is not a chamber. It's the thing before the chamber. Exactly. I think you're right. It's like a vestibule, but inside. And especially if we called it anti-cum, people would probably, because people are dumb, confuse it with anti-cum. Let me clarify. Which would be the opposite of cum. I want to just reiterate... What is the opposite of cum? Um, I know that vestibules are inside, but I mean, like, it's on the... It's like an exterior room into a home... 
He's like a mudroom. I don't want people to think that I think a vestibule is just out in the open. I know it's inside. Yeah, it's walled. It's fully it's walled. It's fully walled. It's just like on the exterior of a home. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah I know that. I know you. But I'm, yeah, take that time. Okay. Anticom, pre thoughts, go. Okay. Uh, it worked. The whole thing worked. The I don't whole thing wa- worked. I don't need more. Like, this is a world that was created to do this thing. And it's sort of nice to exist in that space where, like, I know there's not going to be more. I know they're not tr- now coming up with, like, well, they might because there was that fucking loser dashed or did write two more books that sort of took place in the universe. But it's not like they're trying to come. What, what, what are they going to do now? Well, no, but in a way, like I want to get to the ending because I think we need to give it a little space to explain why it's so good. Because mm. for a minute there, I was concerned they lost the thread. But the yeah. final shot, I was like, yep, that's what I needed. I want to hear more of that. OK, stuff. well, I want to just work. Well, we'll there. get there. First off, if you loved this series and I'm talking Massive panes of glass shattering. Oh, my God. I'm talking Newt barricading doors. Oh, my God. I'm talking Tom flipping off Littlefinger. Can I talk? One? Yeah, go Not ahead. that you... You always let me talk. I'm, I'm just, trying I'm just to like, be more giving. No, no. You're a fucking amazing... You're a No, marvel. you're amazing. You're, you're an You're angel. the best. You're my favorite. You're like if God pre-cummed... If God anti-cummed, it would, you would come out of it. I'm I'm loving that. God's orifice. Oh, uh, things falling and then watching them fall to their yes. completion. <laughs> that was like some of my favorite shit. Yeah. Yeah, this but, movie okay. ruled. This was great. I think <laughs> maybe of the three, it's the heaviest and mm-hmm. at, at times a little bit like it gets a little bogged down in what's going on. But at the same time, I was like, you know what? Like this has earned it. It really has earned yeah. it. And I think what what is amazing about this series, we touched on this in the last episode, this is all about moral ambiguity where no one is right. Some people are more wrong than other people, but everyone is essentially making choices for themselves by the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Like Patricia Clarkson, the the nefarious doctor, she's like, oh, we can't save him. I'm Mm -hmm. done. I'm out. Yeah. And and so the little finger's like, well, we can save a few people. I'm going to try to save a few people. The people that I like. Right. And Tom and his friends are like, we're going to save Minho. And that's it. Yeah. And like, so no one, and then, so then Teresa kind of emerges at the end of the movie as the only person who's deeply compromised moral decision to continue to participate in the torture and the testing. She is ultimately right. Tom was only well, right by of. virtue of Teresa redeeming him by him trusting her at the end of the movie. She was, I think, also doing things for her own reasons. And ultimately she was wrong because the cure wasn't about torture it wasn't about putting kids through strenuous situations it was about blind luck and a man a boy man who yeah. just happens to have been born with good blood yeah well that's the the, the, the beauty of it is that the 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 solution that we're at that's hinted at in this which is also cool that they don't like do the thing like we've talked a lot about how like in star trek episode three there's the massive ocean of bad guys and they go bloop and they all go yeah end of movie and it's like that is so lazy oh, and in this God. Well, you, you know, haven't even mentioned that they just play Beastie Boys. Like, oh, that was the main boop. The it best part boop, of it was a. It's a pretty good Beastie Boys. Yeah. The best part of well, this movie. Of I'm not going to claim to be all of them. No Beastie Boys. <laughs> <laughs> it was sick. Okay, well, let, let's start from the top here. Okay. So, I love the. Can I just compliment your last episode? You, uh, please don't. <laughs> what do you mean? Why? We don't just self congratulate ourselves. Well, I just. I'm feeling in a great mood. Okay, good. You're the angel that I. Okay. Long to be. Uh, that's very kind of you. I go on and on about bullshit, and you are so good at letting me do that, but then okay, find st- a way stop. to come back. Okay, okay. This <laughs> movie, like the last movie, what I love about this is that the last movie, they're like, we've got to get Minho. This movie starts, they're fucking going to get Minho. Yeah. Everyone's hair is different, so you know it's in the future. Mm-hmm. Great. What, what, you also, said it was a two-year lapse between this six movie? Six months. Six, oh, no. oh, oh. 
movie time six months but yes there's a two-year gap and i don't know why you're asking me i i fucked it up last time it's true well your, your version of math i think entertains everyone but i do remember that it was no i think it was three years because what 2015 to 2018 this came out last year yeah that's crazy isn't that weird i didn't even yeah. hear about it really well this performed the worst of the three unsurprisingly sucks well, I mean, I get that, like, it's really hard. We are series buffs at this point. I think we can say. We've watched a few series in our day. And I think you and I are people who are like, I guess it's funny we're talking about this in the post-Endgame world, which is the ultimate series finale. But, like, mm. for, like, a pretty obscure, weird series, I do get this being a hard hook to maintain that audience. Well, also, we did it in the best way, I think. I think this, yeah. movie, this is one movie that was actually, it's not. It's really interesting because it is three very distinct settings distinct visions but i think the proper like i can't imagine waiting three years between two and three yeah and there's a lot going on and again the light touch exposition that is a hindrance if you're really like going years apart yeah you're like wait what yeah we had honestly forgot what happened to galley oh okay well we didn't get to that fucking galley's back we predicted that we predicted that um we predicted Teresa's death i i think that was a me thing no i did i think it was me we, I mean, we can listen to the. Well, let's go to something I was wrong about. Mm-hmm. Teresa, not Tommy's sister. I mean, we still don't know. <laughs> we still don't know. Yeah. That's the cool part of this is yeah. that we'll never know. I, I guess that you could just think you're right. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's fine by me. Let's just die with that. Think you're right. I'm and, and I am. There we go. <laughs> um, okay, so this movie's fucking sick. I loved it. It opens with a fucking train heist, which, if you know me. I love me a heist. And I love me a train. I love trains are great. I love a future train. Yeah. And this was, I would say, a pretty restrained future train. Yeah. I hated Snowpiercer. And I wanted to like love elements of it just because it was on a train. Yeah. But it sucks. And you walked out of Solo, but there is a, titch, a, a titular, excuse me, a climactic train incident in that movie. In Snowpiercer? In Solo. Oh yeah, yeah. Solo I, has a train I bailed. Heist. I bailed it early. I should. Solo's not so bad. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch the end. It's not so bad. No, I, I mean I love a good train heist. There's a great train heist. Uh, You're train, have fun. train to Busan has a great train. It better. Yeah. <laughs> you put train in the title. Train Fucking shit. better. Strangers on a train. Great train in that. They meet on a well, train. That's a pretty boring one, to be honest. I'll kill your should... wife if you kill my wife. Hey, swap murders. Uh, there's a cool guy singing about a goat on a train in Strangers on a Train. Do you remember that guy? I do. It's great. He's a drunken old man. Right. I'm a goat. I like a goat. I'm a goat. Hear me goat. I think you're sort of doing Octopus's Garden or something. Yeah, but about goats. No, no. It's Yellow Submarine. Sorry. Yeah. You ever heard of the Beatles? No. I'm oh. starring in a new film called Tomorrowland. Tomorrow. I'm, that oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. Yesterday. The opposite. <laughs> Yesterday. Did that come out? It did come out, yeah. Oh, that's really fun. Tomorrowland came out yesterday. That's oh, really God. fun okay. to say. So, okay. Um, I'm going to see it today. Train heist. They they try Sorry. to rescue some of the immune from Wicked. They fuck up. They're, they're trying to get Minho. They do it wrong. But we do get this sick sequence where, like, again, we've now... It's now sort of like a... Oh, it's transformed over time from, like... It's now like a full-on guerrilla insurrection movie where, like... I think it, it the, the build-up to this is really well-earned because this is basically... A drive to get to the core of Wicked's evil empire in this city surrounded by a wall. And they make a deal with the devil in the form of like fucked up looking deformed Walter Goggins. Yeah. And basically trigger the apocalypse, basically. Yeah. They basically set up like they set off a chain of events that sort of ends the existence of whatever system they were once a part of. Mm. And I thought that was incredibly well done in a way that like all of the characters, good and bad, have these moments of reckoning we talked about earlier in the episode. 
And I thought that was like really well done. Yeah. It's fascinating. It's it's a it's a good the whole, everything works from start to finish of the series. I really enjoyed the ways that we each get to see the characters as they stumble along and really fuck around and fuck up. I actually really respect Jansen. Yeah, Littlefinger. Because he does turn out to be like the closest thing we have to a bad guy, but he's very, he's got conviction and he knows what he's doing. And it's like totally believable that a man who's like seen the collapse of the world would really want to try to cure things to make a world that he wants because he has that control. Right, like he's not inherently his actions may be wrong, but his goal is not wrong. And I guess that's a you know that's a classic philosophical debate. Means justify the ends, etc. Obviously, child torture not popular. Yeah, but I mean, he's definitely given the role of the bad guy, and also like choosing the society you want to continue is not great. That's true. I mean, you you would probably. I would pick only the ballers among us. I'm the talking ballers West like Ball. West. Uh... I'm talking Newton. Yeah. Oh my God! Newt's fucking death. Newt dies, and it was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. That was amazing. There were two great reveals in this, and mm-hmm. it, we find out that Newt is indeed not immune and is indeed dying. Mm-hmm. And then later, there's a little moment that was so good. Jansen reveals he too is dying of the disease in a very similar arm reveal, right? Which is great. There's always a lot of similarities in this movie. There's lots of we mentioned the, gr- the glass. We mentioned all sorts of things, but there's lots of people just there's lots of Deus Ex Machina in this movie, but you don't really give a shit. Right. So many people just show up and save people just without real explanation of why they happen to be there at the right time. It's a lot of that, but I think it's I think it's good. Like in the tunnel. Yeah. I remember which that was this one where they were driving yeah, out which the is car sick. flips. More over. zombie shit. That was awesome. Yeah. Fry pants driving. Yep. No, no. Tommy's driving. No, fry pants driving. Oh yeah? yeah. Okay. Cool. I wasn't paying attention. You sure weren't. No, but I think you're right. Like, oh, I think you're right. In my mind, like everyone's suffered for so long in the in the series that, like, in my mind, I didn't mind the the occasional narrative conveniences because no. it's so tortured. Who gives a shit? Right. I mean, yeah. Again, it's also like you got to wrap this shit up at a certain point. I think, like, yeah. for all the practicality and all the attention to detail, which still exists in this movie, sure. You know, yeah, a lot of people come swooping in in this, but like, that's that's it is what it is. I'm not asking too many questions. Yeah, there's something about us that we like. We both noticed and like turned to each other when they flip the car and they have problems getting out of the car, and we both like noticed and we're like, oh yeah, it's so good. Like they're really paying attention. Yeah, they, like they like flip when, the car and they're like, shit, it's hard to get out of this fucking. Yeah, car. they like, try one door, it doesn't work. They go to the other door. It's like <laughs> it's like a really interesting use of ten seconds, and I loved yeah. it because it made it feel even though. 10 seconds later, they get randomly saved by two characters that weren't supposed to be there. The previous scene where they're like fumbling with technology and flipping cars is like, oh, this feels real. So then I will believe in the crazy shit. Well, we've often talked about and we're going to, you know, don't hold your breaths. We've, we've discussed a Harry Potter series at some point. But we've, I, I think a common criticism of those movies is that there's so little of the detail of the books that leaves those movies at times feeling very convenient or rushed right. or lacking that texture. This movie is incredibly – this series is incredibly textured. Mm. And you don't get this in a lot of things. Like if you watch a Transformers, you watch some of these other things, like things sort of fly by and like we're just meant to not even give a shit to consider for a second how these little things, the little mechanics operate. And yeah. this movie – takes that time and it's really cool it's cool yeah it's really cool like the disfigured nose man walter goggins is like playing through a mixture of i'm sure prosthetics and cgi is mm-hmm. still fucking oh no they cut his face this. off they cut his nose off he looks incredible in it this movie does a few things that surprise the shit out of me one of them is that like to understand the stakes of the movie they do these little things like 
So Walter Goggins, he like leads this like ragtag, like he's just like fucking hates the rich and powerful living in the big wicked city. Mm, and like he's him. like, guys, it's time to take the city. I'm going to suicide car bomb this truck full of explosives into the gates. Let's go fucking end this. Yeah. And there's no indication prior to this that, he, that this is his plan. He's not some like horrible Machiavellian schemer. He's like, no, no, we're ending this. Yeah. And they don't, they don't even really seem to care about taking over the city. They're just, they're raising it to the ground. Yeah. And it's cool because we were talking about this earlier. We were, we predicted, or not predicted, we had hoped for a three way battle between wicked zombies, uh, zombies and Resistance the right arm. General. Yeah. yeah. And what we got instead was a two-way battle between a new faction that we don't really know anything about and Wicked, who we don't really like. And in the midst of that carnage, we have our main characters doing shit. And who, who, it, who are mostly, at this point, pursuing their own goals. And if you compare this, again, to a Star Wars. Let's compare this to a Star Wars. Where no, you, dude, we just talked about up. not doing... You just said we didn't want to do this last time. Fuck, I just wanted to compare it to a Star Wars. That's all we've done. <laughs> I know, but I won't do it ever again. Okay, fucking do it. I promise. Okay, there you have... I'm continuing under protest. Okay. Great. Great. Go blow up a door, why don't you? Okay. All right. Uh, what was this? Oh, yeah. Um, in a Star Wars, you have a ragtag group of heroes that we all love fighting against a giant group of evil where you'd care if any single one of those people died. But you don't care about the bad guys dying. But you have this group of people that if any of them dies, you're like, fuck, that sucks. Like, Obi, you're not just, you're just, you're not even going to respond. You're not even going to give me like a nod. Well, what are we going to do? Anything? It's going <laughs> to give me anything. Star Wars. Well, anyway, Star Wars is compared. Like, here you have this, you can allow for a huge amount of carnage and fighting and battling when you have two groups of people that you don't care about fighting. So you can watch what our heroes do in the midst of the chaos. I think I've never really seen that in a movie before. It's like a really cool idea to allow for a larger focus because that's like my big complaint of star wars is that supposedly there's this huge battle going on but we don't really get to see the scope of the issues you really just see this tiny group of people and here you get to see the big the big giant war going on amid and then you have the little stuff going on in i think what you're what i'm trying to get here is that you feel like those battles lack a complexity i just not even a complexity just like you don't get this a sense of scope like I suppose, think you get a pretty broad sense of scope in massive Star Wars space battles. That's the whole thing. No, there, you get a soap of like eight people either fighting in X-Wings or with lightsabers. Like it always feels like a group of six giant heroes fighting a war against six other giant heroes to me. Okay. Well, I mean, the, the whole, I mean, there's massive battle scenes in those movies. Right. But it's like, I don't know. I just don't feel like it feels like the only people that are important are Luke Skywalker, Leia Skywalker, Darth Vader and Han Solo. And like anything else, like, I don't know who these people are, what they're fighting. Like, it's just like, it's just, that it doesn't feel like they spent any time developing the rest of the world, which is why Rogue One's so good, because they really like developed everybody and you feel the sense of rebellion. But I mean, it's not like we get to know anybody that intimately. We're still, I don't, I don't think this comparison has a lot of water to it. Water? Like, I don't think it has, like, a lot of substance. Like, we don't, like, know... That's true. Water the is goal, quite substantial. The, the goal of Walter Goggins' people is not like that. We don't really get into... We barely understand their no, intentionality. No, you see the barely, result of it. I don't get I don't get the comparison. All right. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. I called you an angel earlier. I just expected more. I know, but we're, like, back in Star Wars land. I called Wars you an land. angel. Yeah, you're just doing this to, because I'm talking about Star Wars. Can we start over? 
Shut up. No, it's bad. No, it's not. Oh, God. I don't want to just talk, like, relitigate Star Wars. I'm not even talking about the bad one. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, I'm just saying it was good, man. It was like 10 minutes on Star Wars. I'm just saying it was good. But I, I don't understand the comparison. Because the comparison, we have a three-movie series, which, like, feels really lived in. Yeah. And, like, really developed from start to finish. We have a story. Where the world feels really big and like everything in it is important. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Well, I don't get why like bringing in Star Wars to get... I'm gets- just saying that doesn't feel... It feels like we have our main points and the rest of the world is nothing. Like we have ta- we have these little points of interest and the rest of the world doesn't feel like they gave a shit. You were saying like the little things that they, they paid attention to detail. They made the world... Yeah, there's of- certainly a granular component to this that's impressive. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. And, yeah, Okay. That's all I was saying. It's like a, a long old X-Wing That's ride around what I do. The, the globe. It's terrible. Shut up. <laughs> That's what I worst. bring to this show. I bring a, a sucking Sarlacc pit like sure. void. You're the you're now the one talking about Star Wars. I'm, you let us down you're this horrible me a, road. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. I hope I digest you for a thousand years. Well, unless I'm wearing my Mandalorian armor. That's no longer canon. Um no, so okay, so what I find fascinating with this movie is that where it lands at the end of the day is that essentially our hero's choices are actually kind of shitty and self-serving in the sense that we're left with the immune going to their safe haven with a few, I guess, lucky hangers-on, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, it's still sort of like this elect gets to, like, experience this safety. And it left me being like, man, if they just end it on this being the happy ending, I'm going to feel really uncomfortable. Because right. that's unearned. Like, I don't really... At the end of the day, that almost validates Jansen's entire... Yeah, I mean, that's basically what he wants to do, too. Right. So the fact that this ends with Tommy acknowledging Teresa's sacrifice and acknowledging that she was right, ultimately, yeah. or at least her gesture was this, the key gesture. Yeah. And him hold... I was praying for this shot. I don't know mm-hmm. if you were, too, but I was like, we he, we have to see that fucking serum. And so with him standing on the shore, holding the serum, looking back from where they came, I was like, yes. Yeah. He's not done. And we don't have, I mean, I don't know. Honestly, yeah, I, I'm not asking when will it end. In, in, a, in a perfect world, if it was done extremely well, I would love to see where someone took the story further because, it, it's, again, it's a world that we feel really lived in. I'd be scared. I would definitely be very hesitant because while James Dashner might be a sexual criminal, he did ultimately create the foundation of a movie series I now love. It's true. But I, I love that Tommy is like, uh, he's not is... satisfied. And he shouldn't be. No. And I, I think, think a, a, lazier, really well a lazier storytelling would be like, and they did it and escaped and it was good. Like, like in Star Wars? Like in Star Wars. But they don't do that in this. Yeah. I, I, I like that there's that, it's it's the door is left open. there. Right. But that's a good, I mean, you've been reading a lot of uh, Penis Johnson. The great and, Penis Johnson. And yeah. I think he excels at, and what all good storytelling does is it doesn't, bring you to an end it brings you to somewhere where you can finish it yeah it should be a point of departure right and again the fact yeah. that like for a series that you know is you know aimed at teenagers or young people this there's a lot of choices in this that are really complicated mm. and again oh, left yeah. deliberately unsaid like the fact that like tommy isn't satisfied with his ending despite that being the most conventional possible ending to a series that takes a lot of guts and i think it takes a lot of vision yeah and I, I don't think we've seen anything that, like, certainly in what we've watched so far, nothing comes close to this level of, like, emotional or moral or intellectual complexity. No, I think I think Hunger Games eventually gets there. Just a much longer series. Is, is that it, seven movies or six movies? I think movies? it's five. Okay, that still feels like insane. a million. Yeah. Uh, it's, what, four books? And I think they do the split 
thing. Yeah, part one and part two. Um, yeah, I was reading the Wikipedia page, and, and Baller was like, not going to fucking split this into two. Well, I mean, the thing about this movie is that I would say, again, the middle gets a little soggy in the sense that there's a lot of, like, reckoning that has to happen. Mm. And in my mind, it, it's very hard to imagine a way to bifurcate this story and not have one very weird, mostly emotional rumination movie and one crazy. So I think the right. fact that they got this done in less than two and a half hours is kind of an, an astonishment. Great work, baller. Yeah, the big B. Yeah, he's going to do Mouse Guard next. I'm actually unfamiliar with that series. It's a, uh, I think it's books. About okay. Mice. I mean, I would, I, I would hope so, I guess. I'm not going to guess about what they're guarding, but I'm assuming. Can I, can I make a guess? Sure. Big old piece of cheese. <laughs> cheese. Big old piece of cheese. They love that cheese. Yeah. What, 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 what did mice eat? Did mice exist before people? Mice eat like a lot of shit. They, they don't. eat wheat and grain. They Just eat cardboard. Cheese. Just a big old stinky cheese. Yeah. So what do they do? Do you think we invented mice? Yes, I, with our minds. I mean, we we do have a huge cheese uh, overproduction problem. You, that's the thing? Oh, yeah. We have too much cheese. Wait, you should look into this. As a <laughs> vegan, I'm very happy to hear that my actions are actually doing nothing for the world because we just keep making the cheese. Right. Even though people are buying it less, we we just keep making it and putting it in a giant storage facility. I like the enthusiasm of the dairy industry. Like, eh, they'll come back around. Eh. Any old day now. Eh. They'll come get the cheese. Who gives a shit? Who and if we shit? don't, we made those mice with our brains. Ka-ching. We'll feed it to the mice. Okay, a couple callbacks in this movie. Yeah. One, Tommy Tom 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 flips off. He gives the bird to Littlefinger again. Again, after he jumping. He did in the, in the second movie. Right? That was the... Wait, No. Who remembers? He flips him off twice. Who it's great. Shit. And also, uh, he's like, you missed, did I? Uh, he, he turns the tables on the little finger. I like but that different than giving him the finger. Exactly. He turned two different things. Two fingers, but slightly different. Actually, very different. Turned two fingers? Well, you said he, he gave him the, the finger. Tables. You said he turned the fingers. Did I? Yeah, you did. Honestly, it's late. You're thinking about little fingers and middle fingers. A lot of fingers. Understand. Oh, then remember earlier when Galley was like, we could just cut off Teresa's finger. And yeah, that was fucking shit. amazing. Yeah. Galley, I actually really liked Galley in, bo- in both movies that he appeared in. And I'm really happy that they turned him into a, uh, maybe he turns that way into a book. But in the first book, he's like just this dumb bully character. And it was nice that even in the first movie, he was like, he wasn't crazy. He just like had, he's like, hey, we shouldn't maybe trust this dude that just showed up and now everything's all fucked. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool that he came back and he turned out to be a really great guy. But again, for his own reasons, he's, yeah. he, doesn't come, he doesn't like, Tommy, you were right the whole time. He's got no. his own thing. And that's like, I think a lot of bravery. I think a, a lesser movie would have a very convenient, like, I was wrong to doubt you. But he, no, he doesn't give anyone I was anyone wrong that. to kill your chubby friend. <laughs> Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. <laughs> Click here to kill Chuck. Um, <laughs> okay, so click? I have to give a, a, a little griefer report. Griever report coming in now. Griever. Um, are there grievers in this movie? There sure are. Yeah. Uh, Minho, in the middle of his mind torture conducted by Teresa to stimulate antibody cell production, is back in the glade, which is sick. Where like he like he wakes up, he's like, "No, I'm back in the glade." Yeah. And uh, he like wakes up again. He's in like a horrible. Concrete underground. Why do you think... Sorry to interrupt, but why do you think they didn't start the movie that way? Because the first movie started with Thomas coming out of the box, actually into the glade. The right. second movie starts coming out of the box into a dream glade. Do you think it would have been cool if Mino had started this one? Coming um, into his own glade? And that's then actually a good it cuts question. to him being bored onto a train? Maybe they started it that way and they're like, no, let's just get right into it. Yeah. 
I don't know. You know, honestly, that's a really good point. That would have been a really interesting way to start the movie. Yeah. That being said, my my I guess if I was gonna defend the choices of West Ball and the team behind the Maze Runner series, um, I think it's the third movie, it's the finale. I think given that it's a little longer and given that there's a lot to cover, I think you wanna give people a little thing to snack on at the top. Yep. Get into the more emotional stuff, then again end really big with like massive apocalyptic fires and explosions and gun battles. I just to just to going back in the another direction i felt like there was a very long period of time between the first car heist and the heist in the hospital yeah probably like an hour that's what i'm saying the middle of this movie certainly gets into a lot of the like setting the table for the finale in a way that i again i'm gonna say it's totally earned i loved the series it is a little thicker in the middle i'm just saying picture this okay starts with mino Uh uh-huh running in a glade we're like whoa is he actually back in a maze fighting grievers like that could have been a really exciting opening too and it would have mirrored the previous two movies really nicely then you have some exposition of what mino's doing they're doing antibody research blah 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 blah. you don't really see anyone else like where's everybody else gets loaded onto a train and then we have to wait less between the train thing and the next heist maybe it would have paced better Interesting. You know what? Honestly, I I, I totally hear that. I Maybe get that. Hollywood? Holly Weird? You sure. listening to this shit? Yeah. Get me in the room. Right. Get me in to, to punch up some scripts. I'm not going to write them all, but I'll get in there and tell you maybe a couple ideas. A couple ideas. One, we How got, much is that worth? We got, a, bucks? we got to remake The Death Cure. 200 bucks? I think The Death Cure is the worst name of the three. Absolutely. Because we were thinking, oh my God, we're maze heads. Oh my God, we're... We've been scorched. Scorch heads. We've been yeah. scorched. Right. What are we? We're cured. We've been death cured. We're, we've been cured. Yeah. We saw the light. <laughs> I think it's, it, again, it's, it's such a rare movie where the ending is so conditional. I can't get over that, which I really enjoy. Like, it, like it, It's sort of like they ended on Empire Strikes Back, kind of. We're like, mm-hmm. they're sort of... It's sort of okay for a minute, but like the world collapsed. Oh yeah, like like it's not like they saved the world by a long shot. No, not even close. No, they let it. They literally let it go. And they were like, "Fucked off." Who gives a shit? We yeah. don't. We don't have the power to do anything about this. We're just gonna save the people that we want and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, and go make tents and read Newt's sad letter. Yeah, and where do you think? Do you think they're still shopping at Old Navy at the end? This movie, I feel like things got a little crustier in general. People looked, well, I mean, like in the city. Cause so let's get back to the world building here for a minute because yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it's worth talking about. Mm. So at this point, you know, we see like they're, you know, back out like in their, their port side base where Vince is, is, is fixing up a ship to go take the, the immune off to the safe haven. And then we see like the sort of like crappy countryside as they like they work their way into the city. Then we see the shitty like fucked up outskirts of the city where all like mm-hmm. the mutants and poor people live. And then we sort of like actually finally see where Wicked's home base is. We see the fancy, it kind of reminded me of day of the dead, you know, the Romero movie. Yeah. Not one of his best, but you know, the sort of the city on the Hill in the middle of the apocalypse thing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just interrupt to give you a, a hot, my hot take. I know he might be the king of the zombie movie, but I don't like any of his movies. I think he's a bad filmmaker really bad writer and doesn't actually understand how to make maybe dawn of the dead is like or not sorry night of the living dead is like his best but everything gets worse and worse and the, worse the and original worse cut worse of dawn of the dead i actually like a lot i think the, the original the, bummer ending is sick night of the living dead no Which dawn one? of the dead dawn of the dead i think dawn of the that dead was has pretty a good few too. great lines it's that. very boring though well, but that's the thing like I, I think it's a technology thing where like maybe it's very hard to do compelling horror action in that time when you had a micro budget and people literally lumbering around 
like I have to give him some credit because the ideas well, became so like those. Like, he really, of course, he's the yeah. he's the man. He's the godfather. But I, I hear you in the sense that he gets to those budgets and he gets to those bigger and he makes it worse, like, way worse. Diary of the Dead was like I didn't such see that. That's the found footage fuck. one. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't sound Oof. good. But even like make Dawn of the Dead. 80 minutes. No, hold on. Day of the Dead, that's on the the military base. I like some stuff in that a lot. Mm-hmm. Like Biff the zombie. I like the smart zombie with the gun. He's cool. I'm thinking <laughs> Land of the Dead. Sorry, with Dennis, oh, with Dennis Hopper. Yeah. Not a great movie, but I like the idea that we sort of get in this where it's like there's this yeah. sort of shining city of the elite above like the scummy like wasteland sure. below. Yeah. Were they all cranks down there? Why are mm-hmm. they so eloquent? Well, at one point, Walter Goggins' character refers to them as being cranks. Yeah. I think they're in that weird interstitial area of, like, we're sick but not dead yet. So they're, like, not going to get attacked. Right. Or I think, like, they, they have their own defenses and shit. They clearly have enough weaponry, okay. you know? I really like that in zombie movies, like, the unex- the unexplained reason why zombies never attack their own kind. Sometimes they try it. Sometimes they don't. I just like it. I'm not one of those. I don't need to be explained why, like, once you've turned... They never get attacked again. They're allowed to turn. I think it's great. Good storytelling. Well, I think it's about eliminating narrative inconveniences that right. add nothing to it. Exactly. Right. And then people are like, well, why? Why? Like in 20 Days Later, like people like for some reason want to complain about one of the greatest movies ever made. It's like, why don't the infected eat each other? It's like, who fucking gives a shit? They don't. Okay. Plus, you've seen them? You want to eat that? Nuh-uh. Yeah, gross. But a juicy living pink human? Yum, yum, yum. Well, on the inside. Oh, of course. Though you've seen the insides of the fucking infected. It's all gray and gooey. Ugh, it's gross. But human there. people on inside, pink and tasty. Mm. Munch, much, much. Yeah. I would do it. I would turn just to eat the pink insides. Well, remember like, you know, you watch like maybe uh, The Sword in the Stone or you read Asterix and Obelix and they just make meat look, uh, meat in a bone look so amazing. So good. And like, I think like stuck in my head forever is the scene in Sword of the Stone where the shitty brother just like <laughs> oh, yeah. strips the bone clear. Oh my God. And like, who the fuck doesn't want to do that? So when you like imagine being a zombie, like the world's my fucking buffet. Oyster. Well, no, I guess you're right. Buffet. Yeah. If I see a people, I can just. <laughs> yeah. The opposite of an oyster. In yeah, a way, the same similar sound. Emotionally, aren't we all soft inside with a rough exterior? Mm, especially cancers that people have to pry open like and me. suck out. Actually, yeah. I don't get why people suck oysters. You need to chew them. Well, no, you you don't even suck. You let it drop into your mouth, right? And then you chew them, right? If you're putting that much effort into slurping an oyster, you're doing it weird. Yeah, you need a, you need a lesson. If it's properly shucked, can it I? Can I? Be... I'm going to say something on air. I eat oysters. Yeah. <laughs> Someone call the papers. You're the papers. Vegan eats oysters. I'm not the papers. You take that back now. I mean, you're a kind of papers. Don't compare us to papers. (laughs) Papers. That's so funny. Papers. The circle jerk of newspapers who just love anything involving newspapers. It is the worst. Wait, people love newspapers? Newspapers love newspapers. There's been a spate of stories recently, and I'll try to keep this political, where newspapers have been like, there's still a newspaper here, or whatever. And it's like, really? It's Yeah, it drives me crazy. That's good shit. So you're radio. All the way, baby. Through and through. You have a haircut for radio. Thank you. I've been getting that a lot this week. I know. You got to get a haircut, man. I got a haircut. Wait, I thought you said you didn't. Oh no, that's you said you got a bad one. Right, I was unhappy with it. Yeah, I had it. I had it. You know a what? Barber. I'm unhappy with it too. I don't actually mind it that much. Like it's it's functional. Like it doesn't like sure stop me keeps from doing your anything. hair on your head. The, a haircut is the opposite of that. No, but it keeps the remaining hair on your head. 
No, I think the fact that it's already there keeps it there. Well, what would you say is a non-functional haircut? I think if you get a haircut that like it's bothering me, it's itchy, it's getting in my eyes, it's not like it, okay, okay. This like there's nothing in the way of my general function. So it allows you to function. If I was a maze runner, this would not get in the way of my maze running. C- correct. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You wouldn't be a maze runner because you'd be dead. We already talked about this. Right, we're way too old for way maze too old for maze right. running. Like we were talking about earlier, like you know, if they were like, okay, you've got to run through the maze, <laughs> run through the tunnel, fight a griever, <laughs> run through a bunch of armed guards, fight your way onto a helicopter, jump off the hell. It's like, are you fucking nuts? I would literally just run at a knife. Yeah, I just like, just just kill me. Stakes. I would just what jump am I on gonna stakes. Do? Yeah. <laughs> Also, then, like, the the back-to-backness of all of their exploits, I love, and I know it's a movie, but I love that, like, at 29, I'm like, if I did one of these days, that next day, I am watching TV with an ice pack. Sure. <laughs> and, like, they, they are, man. So this movie... They're young. Can we um, can we talk about the, the sex of this movie? Yeah, again... Because a, I, that's something I think is really important. very sexless... It's very emotional and not very sexual, which right. I admire. And, like, I really, I do admire that they didn't end it with him and Brenda getting together. Right. I honestly don't really know why they made out in this one. Well, why, you, sorry, you Teresa, Teresa, Teresa t- and Tom finally Tom. kiss. But I think but like this, these things finally, it's like, I guess maybe in the screenwriter's head, they were like setting up this, their relationship was so fucking twisted. The kiss just felt like really satisfying, like, should have been satisfying. It wasn't like a weird kiss. I didn't feel it didn't make me feel weird. It was just like felt unearned. I, I totally disagree with this one. I think yeah, I'd love like, to hear your thoughts. There's this like long simmering tension between them. Yeah, and in, and the like the, this last moment they share some kind of confirmation of that simmeringness. I really liked when their noses were touching. That was and, a beautiful like, shot. Yeah, that was great. And I was like, that could have been really cool to like let that their mouths linger uh-huh. and then just retract, rather than giving us this like. Hollywood stereotypical kiss without mm. really making it feel like I think you're really you're not doing justice to it. This was like a tortured, sad moment. It's not like a triumphant spinning the camera around as the horns play. This was like a sad moment where they're like, this is to the thing that never was mm. and barely was and never will be. And it's mournful. It's not a passionate, lusty kiss. It's no, like it's a sad it's just moment. It's sort of a sad moment where they I think that's actually a daring thing to present yeah. a conventional storytelling moment in a way that is deeply complicated. Okay. I, I think I agree with you that like at face value, I get that reaction, but I think again, meeting the movie halfway, I like that. It's like they had something and this is the saddest possible ending to this. Whatever. I think for me, I needed maybe a flashback where they interacted. I just didn't feel much. No, don't know me. Just there's hear no, me out. There's no flashbacks in the movie at all. Yeah, there are. The first and second both have flashbacks. They, they have memories. They have shit. memories. Yes, are... which is a flashback. No, no, you're describing like a montage flashback. No, no, no. That's what, I mean like a moment where he remembers them actually having a connection. Where like I can feel that there's something more than him being like, I hate Teresa. Or like, like just it's like you sort of get the sense that he wants to be with her. But I feel like I needed a little pulse. A little something that would get me to believe that maybe they actually had a relationship before their memories were wiped or something. But I guess the fact that they like so rigorously debate and discuss what's going on and they, they really, this connection is so tortured and fascinating where they keep leaning into each other. And keep, like, I think they do establish that pretty well. I, I do. Okay. Maybe not a flashback, but maybe I, I think something. That would, I don't think that would add to the movie. I, I, it might. I think I just needed something. The other flashbacks are brought on by very specific conditions where they're like being tortured or having the experience of drugs or grief yeah, I mean, or juice they could or whatever. Still do something. 
just shoehorn in a no that, that wouldn't make any sense he hits his head so many times just That's make true. him make him he gets remember something around. no I, I i don't agree with you on this one I, I think that that in that moment i like that like again this is a movie about a lot of ambiguity and that kiss is full of ambiguity and i don't think i want to be handheld through it i want to be no like, i don't need to be have? okay yeah you're right but maybe another scene in the movie where i just feel like there's a lot of time where they're not really together and then suddenly they're together. And I really like the moment where she's like, come back to me. Like the wording on that is really precise when she's like, you're the blood, you're the cure, come back to me. It's not like, come, let, let's make this cure. It's like, come back to me. And he has to be like, wow, I have to trust this person. I really like that. I just wish there was maybe one more scene where I got to like experience the pull of him and her trying to get back together. But that's the thing. I don't want them to try to get back together. I want them to be like we had something. Yeah, but no, I just I want a scene where they are. But the whole movie's been about the nature of their relationship. The whole series, where it's, it's true. Like, so in my mind, it's like I, I don't think there was more. just a lot of time between. The, I don't think this movie they spent a lot of time with what was going on, and I just need maybe one more reminder of her and him. But that whole sequence builds up. They spend that whole sequence is the end of them spending a lot of time together in the yeah, hospital. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. So we want another scene in there. I want one before, yeah. All right. I don't know where it would fit in there. This, this movie was Well, you know, I, I already rewrote the beginning, so maybe I could throw one in. I, I'll give you kudos on the beginning. One more $100, I will give this you I, a brilliant I idea. No, I, I think they actually handled the kiss really perfectly. I, I can't imagine changing That's just because you want to kiss somebody. I, I don't want to boast, but I do kiss somebody. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. No, I, I think I in my mind, it. like, the less the better with that, where it's like. I, oh, I agree. I don't want, like. You want more, though. <laughs> I know, but I just, I don't think less is, I don't, I think I need something. He's been fascinated with her since the beginning Absolutely. of the first movie. They've acknowledged that they used to be friends and collaborators and maybe more than that. Like, I don't know. I think for, for over three movies, we get plenty. And especially watching them almost back to back to back. I'm, I'm a little surprised to be like, to hear like, we need more of that. I think the light touch in this, like that is what works. And the little detail you mentioned a minute ago, there's still, there's still those granular moments of like, oh, like this is interesting the way that they, the, the, the depth of this connection, it soaks into all of their interactions. Mm. Yeah. Know? I mean, I like the newt scene. The newt scene was good. The newt scene was great. When he was like, you just want to go back there to hang with your girlfriend. And he's like, no. And he's like, oh, I'm infected. Right. So that's what it's really about. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I, I'm all you know me. I don't like to be explained things, but I do like to feel things. And I just feel like a lot of time went by between me. Like, I don't, I just don't think the first two thirds of the movie, re, like maybe except for that newt conversation, didn't have much Teresa in it. Where, well, no, we see her at work. Yeah, yeah but we, we don't see it like connected to Thomas. But we, but, but again, it's the third movie. I don't think yeah. if you've been watching the first two movies, that relationship is very established. That makes them come together in more climactic and more powerful. Right. But so again, you either have to watch this all as one giant nine-hour movie experience or you have to meet it as a movie unto itself and like just i don't know i don't i don't care well, i'm saying it's a series finale so in my mind yeah. like i'm going to treat it like part three i think you're right i think it just wouldn't have been hard to put it in to the first third of this movie there, it would have been impossible because at that point we actually see her like for the first time we see her clean dressed nicely at work with what if Trisha, there was Trisha just Clarkson, a, like, a moment where she's cranking it to a little picture of tommy there, we, we, there was no cranking it over the course of the series. I guess that we talked about it in the first one. We 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 wondered how much cranking was going on in the glade. Cum. Yeah, a glade. A, a frosted glade. <laughs> but, yeah, but there was yeah. thirty six 
40 sexually frustrated teens boys just like, yeah <laughs> yeah that would have been just a nightmare of cum i do like this movie was completely heterosexual right at all times. and that's another thing i want to talk about do you think that the all boys like i know this is stupid to even consider but like do you think they like there are all these different versions like do you think well maybe homosexuality has an effect on the serum that we're so going to like produce? An all gay so we got there was a well they don't even know who's gay and who's not like so let's throw all boys together and find out what happens sexually between them. I mean, and all you, girls. You, you have and then to we have a co-ed one, like a mix. You have to consider all the variables in trying yeah. to create a serum for a zombie virus. So what, you know, probably if I learn one thing from Dashner, the great the, James Dashner, the great James Dashner. Boo, he, me too. He did uh, say that the what who are they called again? The, the bad guys are oh, wicked. They really cared about variables. Sure. The capital V. He capitalized everything important. So you could just like skim the page and find the capital words. Yeah. It's really cool. He cool sounds writing. like a great writer. Yeah. He's, he's a good man. Um, good I want to talk about Patricia Clarkson a little bit. Yes. Please. She, her scenes with Littlefinger are great. I love their, their interactions. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think she's one of the most compelling villain characters I've seen in, in any movie, maybe where it's like, Again, we really, by the end of the movie, she's very compassionate in her way. For all the coldness you see in her, you do get her ultimate mission. And to see her finally give up on it in this, in the finale, was such a great... I truly did not see that coming. That rules. She's like, you know what? I was wrong. this. This isn't working. We ran out of time. It's over. Yeah. And then, like, then that that choice is kind of what galvanizes Jansen to spin off into his own, like, well, okay, if this is done, it's Jansen in time. So like yeah. in a way like that, her decision is like a huge decision in the series. Oh, it's so great! And, and to it, see this like very Stonewall character from the first two movies be like, "Man, eh, okay, I'm fucked up." Yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> cool. It's a great again like why she's not really a villain. She's from the whole time she's been like compassionate towards her subjects. It's really just she feels like this is what she needs to do, and then she realizes that it was a waste of time. She didn't know what she was doing, and it's time to just give up. And, and, and in a way, like, that's her giving her own moral condemnation of her choices. Where she's like, I, it's time to die. Right. To stop doing this. Right. And, yeah. like, I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Like, we, we, we don't really – we're not tasked with some sort of elaborate – she just sort of, like – she's like, guys, we're done. Yeah. And I think that's really cool that we, that she's this internal world going on as a, you know, a, a comparatively smaller character to the main characters as a villain – we don't see her come to this conclusion. I, I just think it's an interesting choice that like you don't see very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked it. It's actually, can I throw in another Meets? You know, like uh, oh, we've been doing Hunger it the whole Games. series. Let's do it. Meets Monsters Incorporated. <laughs> I feel like she's the main bad guy of Monsters Incorporated. Where basically they have this whole system of like you can say Monsters Inc. You know that's what everyone calls it. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. Why I did that. You're very formal there with the Monsters Incorporated. Well, that's because really, he says here at Monsters Incorporated we strive for the best. That's I don't know. That's a that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just feel like that's a movie about a man who like is really concerned about his town and the way he tries to save it is by being cruel and extracting pain and suffering from others in order to save what he believes. Like he thinks that's the best way to do it. He's not inherently a bad monster. He's just, this is what he thinks is right. And then they learn that you don't need to torture children to get screams out of them. Laughter is a million times more powerful. And this honestly, it's like, the same thing. Thomas just turns out to be the laughter that they could have extracted all along, but instead they're so blinded by what they feel is right that they just go ahead and do what they... They just ignore the problems with what they're doing because they think it's worth it. Well, or also, like, in the graphic novel version of V for Vendetta, the movie is dog shit. Mm-mm. And honestly, the comic is 
a real mixed bag. But I love that in in the comic, the the guy that you know the the big brother man at the big desk loves fascism. He genuinely believes that this is a system that works. He's not a sadist or a psychopath. He's like, no, this is order, and we need to control the society to get order and security and safety. I passionately believe that. It is my strongly held ideological belief. Yeah, and I think in a world where we're often given characters who villains who are just sort of like cruel Mm -hmm. like again hey you know what let's talk about star wars for a minute sure in star wars you know me there's no great explanation for like there's unless i'm missing something the empire never clearly articulates we're doing this for a reason for a purpose to unite people to have security like that's sort of what i'm talking about okay okay, we we get you don't get an explanation shut the fuck up so in those movies we don't get that i think that is again another archetypal villain thing right sauron doesn't have any like plan for the world he's no. just like I should control the world and by controlling oh that was a good awesome power right and that's what makes Dr. Evil so funny is that Dr. Evil is just like his his outcomes are so stupid right he's making so fun shitty. of all that right. shit so to see a movie where people are like you know this is complicated we're doing the best we can I yeah. want to see that out of a villain because again just a blank slate of oh I don't even consider her to be a villain Right. She's like, a, she's a good guy. Right. She cares deeply about the she's state of the world. a good guy who tortures children. Yes. For good. For good. Yeah. I mean, the children can take it. It seems like it. They can do anything. <laughs> do you think that there's like, the, the immune are also sort of superhuman? I always, I sort of picked up on the thread of that where I'm like, it seems like they're also kind of like. I don't think so. I think as I even noticed what now Dylan is. I mean, he did suffer a car accident. But Mino and Dylan both are running a little slower in this movie. <laughs> I mean, they're getting And older. they're only like 24. Like, can you imagine? It's so, oh, so talk about the car accident. We alluded to this. Yeah, I, I didn't look anything ago. up. But oh. bear, I guess Dylan was in a car accident. They had to just delay screening until like Baller didn't. He's like, no, we're waiting for Dylan to get better. That's beautiful. Yeah. Dylan but, O'Brien, I have to say, exponentially better and better in this series. Oh, yeah. He's I, great in these movies. And I don't know if that was a choice or he just got more experience as an actor. But like... I can understand why just like the first movie, he's like, what the fuck is going on? And then he sort of learns what he needs to take vengeance against and what's important to him. And like, he starts to gain more of a character. So he's either a great actor and he knew to play it dumb in the first one, or he just, he, he grew with experience as his character with experience. Both are lovely. I think they are lovely. Aren't yeah. They? Yes. But also like, you also see that, like that hunger for, for whatever is driving him. It is the sort of corrosive thing that drives him to greater peril. His friends risk more and more. And even in the end of the movie, he's not satisfied. And like, I think that's interesting. The fact that he's like never satisfied and that he's, it's not like it's, he is, it's almost never congratulatory other than Newt's masturbatory note about the wonders of Thomas. Yeah. Which, Kind of struck me as maybe a bit I, much. They could have cut that. They should have rewritten it. Because I, I like the note. I like that Thomas ha- or Newt had like a nice little final word because he had the best haircut. And he, he did, was, yeah. And he was the cutest boy. And in a movie of great eyebrows, maybe I mean, the Galley, best. Galley takes the cake. Well, Gallows are more like just cartoonish. And they're fucking, insane. They're like, nuts. Are they real? They, I mean, they're played up. The, the effect of him with the bleached hair and the glasses in Bandersnatch makes him look like an animaniac. <laughs> And in this, like, he looks, he's, like, swole, and it's kind of funny. Yeah, but I think you're right that, like, Thomas is the is the greenie, and for some reason, I get it, like, when you see someone that's, like, I met Liv Tyler, I get that she's a superhuman, and I would follow her somewhere, not in a, not in a bad way. In a respectful, like, I'm a part of your mission. Way. Yeah, exactly, yeah. not, like, follow her home. Or to her car. Well, 
anyway, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can sort of get why Newt would be like, oh, this guy's powerful. I understand why I would, but like, he his note was a little bit like literally he's known him for six months and I get it, but like a lot's going on. But like, it's a it's little like, You deserve to have a happy life. I love you. You're a good boy. You're a good, a very very good boy. I just, yeah, I feel like he could have written a shorter letter that was just like. I have these fears about turning into this and like I think about shock. Like that was a moment that was like really touching. Like I think about the people that are dead and it's like, I forget what he said. He says, he says he's, I say the name every night like a prayer. Right, like a prayer. And that was beautiful. And, yeah. again, like, and like just cut the rest of that thing. Like you deserve to be happy. Yeah. It's like, I don't need Newt telling me that. The story gets I get me that. that. But like, yeah, the, like Newt's final thoughts were really beautiful if they'd been just sort of cut up. Well, but bit. but also like I don't want to, I want Thomas to feel conflicted about the choices he made. Yeah, exactly. He should, and I think he does. Which like, is, again, fact, that last moment shows yeah, you that Teresa. he's not satisfied. Yeah, and he like he does miss Teresa, and he realizes that Teresa deserves to be on this pillar. She wasn't bad; she was good. Yeah. Again, I, I just think this is the kind of like I'm gonna. We shouldn't teach the books of a Me Too guy in schools because fuck James Dash. No, and they're bad books. And they're bad books. But I think like, I'm happy living in a world where there is a teen series that really addresses the fact that being right is not important at the end of the day. Because mm. like, it's not important. I like that. It's not like Thomas was particularly right about anything. No. And I think that's really good. I think we all, I mean, myself included, I really enjoy being right. I get a good sense of, I get a nice feeling when I'm validated. Because I think a lot of literature is about like being good and right and like doing the right thing. And I think this is a good series about like you're going to face a lot of hard shit in your life and maybe you should stop and like actually consider what you're doing and not just blunt, just do whatever you feel is good. Well, we hit on this earlier, but at the end, the redemption of the whole series is a storm of bad plans and stupid ideas and failures that all come together in the same... <laughs> Woo! In the same moment at the end of the movie. No, bless you, really? You raised in the barn? I don't bless you. Really? No. I'm going to get back to that later. The, the, the end of the movie, it's a confluence of like disasters that leads to the ending. No one wins, really. No, the people, city falls right, apart. People survive. Yeah. But that, and I think that's really cool. Yeah. And I, I, and I think it's even cooler that we don't get more. And that's what, this, yeah. that's what ultimately this podcast is about. Is like... Leave them wanting more is the best possible finish for anything. And it feels yeah. like it's been impossible in this series. Right. Because, like, we, even, with, even with Goldmember, you're like, man, it, like, the idea of really going through four is... I don't want that. And we had ideas that would make it fun. Like, but, but even then, it's like... Just get rid of... Most of the, the just stuff. Just get yeah. rid of it all and, like, somehow... If they did, like, a micro-budget straight to Blu-ray, like... You know, oh, thank you. I love it. I'm I gave you a PS3 to yeah. today. Thank you, thank you. And you got it to work. Yeah. And you got it to work, but now you're saying Blu-ray instead of DVD. I know. If they did like a micro-budget like Austin Powers 4 that was totally divorced from the, like, or just like a whole new branch, sure, whatever. A but, reboot? Sure, fine. Yeah. yeah. A gr- the gritty Nolan reboot. The post-9-11 Austin Powers. Mm. Um, but with this, it's like the vision was was grand the whole time. It, it The ending is surprisingly satisfying. And yeah, I don't know. I, I, I this is really a kind of a game changer in, in the podcast. I think. Why do you think people don't like it? I think it emerged at a time where the market was flooded with high concept sci fi series and franchises and TV shows and a lot of teen dystopia. It's true. I think this is a movie where 
if you a series rather where if you had to explain what this is about, you would sound like a twelve year old, right? And like I'm not I'm not trying to dismiss twelve year olds, but I think no, to a should. large population who's like buying this shit, you're like, okay, these teens are trapped in a maze and they escape the maze after they fight the grievers, and then they got to go through the scorch <laughs> trials and be like, that sounds fucking fuck like up. that sounds stupid. But when you watch The Handmaid's Tale, it's like this shit actually sucks and it's not fun to watch and it's not all that interesting and it's not all that smart. And somewhere, somehow that's like considered high art and cool. And like, we should all be watching handmade sale one. I think we got a little, uh, we got ourselves a little maze to run through. And maybe a trial to scorch and a, a death, death to cure. To cure. Sure. Okay, let me, and let me say this. You were talking earlier about how Star Wars? I, uh, yeah, you were, but well, sort of, yeah. How like, you know, you know, nothing is original. Everything we do is like a, a pastiche or drawing on a, a theme of the human experience. Mm-hmm. The thing with living in this day and age is that, especially with movies and television shows at this point, we've done these pastiches so many times that it's possible to actually meld together a pretty finely honed yeah. version of these pastiches. And I think if the worst thing you can say about The Maze Runner is that it's a, an excellent genre movie yeah. series. That's like, in my mind, the worst thing, you could dismiss it, I'm doing air quotes, as like a genre exercise. That's as low as I'll go with this. Genre it's, exercises are in, are amazing. Right. They're so important. For a coming-of-age story and like a teen dystopian and a sci-fi like horror, yeah. this is an excellent I, version of I all of that. I take back what I said. I think about The Kiss, I think in my mind, I still don't know if I want The Kiss, but I do think there was enough. I think the conversation about Thomas potentially betraying everyone just to see Teresa again. And that final moment where she's like, come back to me. I think those are really perfect moments that like salute and like really make that journey a part of like the whole story is about basically about Teresa. It's a big part of the story. And I just, I do think now that we're talking about it's, it, it's the sadness cherry on the Sunday. Yeah. And in the spirit of your conciliatory nature and admitting that I was right, I just want to look back and say, you were still wrong to bring up Star Wars earlier. I agree with that, too. Great. Can um, I tell you about my dream? <laughs> oh, yeah, please. I had a Maze oh, Runner a maze dream, dream last night. Yeah. Um, it sucks that I don't remember any of it, except for the part afterward, which I'm going to tell you about. But I do remember we, you and me, so you were in the dream, too, and we were both Maze Runners, and we survived. That's awesome. We did I mean, a lot of duh. running. And then I woke up, and I was like, oh, it's only like seven. I went back to sleep. And then I had this really weird dream where you and I were walking around a carnival, and a bunch of sailors were playing. You know that game where you like have a little ring on a string, and you're trying to get it on a hook? Yeah. We were, they were playing that game, but it was like 100 feet away and on a giant string. There was a bunch of sailors in like little old sailor garb. And then we're like, can we play? And they're like, no. And then they just played, and it was like, and they threw the ring, and it flew off, and it turned into dust. Wow. Yeah, and you and I were in it. That's beautiful. It was so cool. That's incredible. Yeah, it was a great dream. What a beautiful way to end our Maze Runner series. Yeah, so it was sort of a carnival dream. It was a Maze Runner. I did have a Maze Runner dream, and that was sort of the end of it. I do feel like at the end of the series, there's one thing we haven't talked about that I think there should be a PSA attached to these movies. And if you think I'm wrong or being too protective of the youth, let me know. Okay. To the young people listening to this and the old people. Do you think young people should be listening to this? Definitely not. Okay. So, the, 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 so first, don't listen to The anymore. inane ramblings of two assholes are for other assholes to enjoy. Wait till you get to that point. Yeah. Okay. You need to stretch. And in these movies, no one stretches. And I'm yeah. telling you, Josh. you can't maze run if you're not stretching. Josh, can what? I please just chime in? Okay. We've already established that I think once you reach stretching age, you're no longer maze runner age. 
Because <laughs> did well, you young ever people need should to stretch? I mean, sort of, but like, you I don't ran need track. To. We both ran track. I did stretch. That's a bit of a. That's not quite accurate. I was. I did one. <laughs> oh, yeah, the truth one, comes out. Uh, semester, one season. I mean, of... I spent a summer on the track team at my Jewish summer camp. Okay. So I'm not saying so I was that's fucking not even real. chariots and I, and I, It was real. Our, our... Summer camp track? Who are you, who are you meeting against? Uh, other Jewish summer camps. Our, okay, that's our pretty coach, cool. Our coach, I'm putting that in, uh, and there are more parentheticals here, but... Uh, <laughs> parenthetical air quotes. Exactly. Um, he would, like, bike around playing the Braveheart theme on oh, the boombox. that was sick. It was sick. Uh, yeah, I joined for one season i made a lot of fun jokes like when people were like oh you do track what do you do i was like oh you know i do the short jump i do the uh 100 meter jog because i was bad at it oh yeah and i was i did the long jump and i did like a 400 meter relay with four other guys so it was like four laps of 100 meters i think but anyway uh it, i sucked at it it was boring and then um, the final meet someone stole my shoes <laughs> and i was just like you know what I'm done with this shit. Hey, here's another thing, kids. You got to run in sneakers. I don't know what the fuck they're wearing in the Maze Runner. Oh, that's true. They run around in boots they run in a lot. Boots. That's... Which is going to fuck your shit up. But again, not really the right crowd. Yeah. Not only should, I'm glad they're not listening because you're talking to an older generation of Maze Runners. It's true. Oh, my Aren't God. we all emotionally running a maze? Can we maybe think like 20 to 100 years from now when they reboot the Maze Runner series? It's about like 40-year-olds. <laughs> And they're like the kids are the kids are running experiments on. No, no, it'll people. it'll be about like eighty year olds who are now genetically capable of living forever, being like, remember the twenty tens when things were good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those, are good, those stuff. are good. Um, old people. Uh, so, so final thoughts here on the Maze Runner series, Charles. You know, we've really gone through a journey here. Mm. Uh, we're really eerily satisfied with the finale. I think back to the end of our Star Trek series where we were straight up bummed. Yeah, like it sucked. And it's so nice to sit and. Like make the visit. I mean, the visit's always fun. It's always fun to see you. But like, we had ice cream. We had ice cream. We had bowls. Uh, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, but like basically, it was it was nice to like go on a journey through a world and see how they built this world. And every we've said it before, but like I think the biggest thing for me is each movie took place in a totally different setting with a totally different cinematic artist behind what it looked like. And it was really great to like have three separate chunks of one giant story where you can see the whole story as it is, but they really break it up into three totally different experiences. Like it works each as a, its own movie and it works as a giant movie. And I, I'm excited for Die Hard. It's going to be great. When we do Die Hard for our next series, people are going to love it. You know, it's an iconic classic series. You know, we've been putting it off for too long. Too I think it's time. It's time. We were talking about like, oh, we don't want to do violent shit. We don't want like, but I think this would be a nice carryover from Maze yeah. Runner into Die Hard where we have also weird assholes doing shit that's not cool. But also, if you think about it, it's funny. As they get older in the series, they resort to more gun violence as it goes on. So right, right, right. finally, we can watch the ultimate American, you know, love letter to gun violence and it's yeah, gonna be great it's gonna be awesome so tune in next time uh you know once again we're the when will it end uh the movie series podcast where we're definitely gonna die hard so uh yippee yay, uh my fellow maze runners oh that's good yeah. i thought you're gonna say motherfucker no i changed it to the thing we just did okay yeah